All right, what's up, what's up, what's up, everyone? Thank you for joining us today. I have my brother, my friend, Nick. Yes, sir. What's up, y'all? Okay, cool, good to hear from you. All right, drop a comment, <laughs> something, you know, I just, I like this to be a conversation, so I just want to make sure y'all knew I'm hearing you, you know what I mean? Thank you for having me, brother. I'm glad to be here. Um, it's a blessing to be on the podcast, finally. Definitely. Uh, Been I'm a fan, long-time fan, first-time caller. <laughs> yeah, first-time you know episode. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, like that's. I think that's kind of crazy that that like that's how you discovered or met me. Like yeah. was through the podcast and y'all. So I, this quick word. This is a side note to creatives out there. Like, don't ever doubt what God's doing with your message because mm. um, I was just scrolling on Instagram and just so happened to come across the podcast and uh, the look of it, the message, like the whole vibe. I was like, hey, this is legit. And then I saw you were like local, and I was like, wait this we have mutual friends like this is crazy yeah um and so then uh when g was on i saw the podcast with g i was like yo i gotta get plugged in like i gotta connect because um That's dope. the message that you shared and just your heart and and the effort y'all the effort this man puts into y'all don't see it because y'all see the, the the polish hardest working man in podcasting right here this man right here <laughs> so y'all get that. i'm giving you your roses you know what i mean in public um but yeah no i'm, I'm blessed to be here brother yeah blessed that, to be here. that definitely means a lot I, I think uh i mean you you seen it today we had <laughs> we had a ton of technical difficulties i wasn't even sure if we were gonna be able to <laughs> record or, or do anything today but you know god is is faithful he's that's been, right he's been gracious to us and um if we're able to sit here and do this is because there's a word there's a message for you guys the listeners that's on right. on the other side so I'm excited to get this out. And yeah, actually, this topic, I was like, I reached out to Nick. We had already decided that we we're going to record today a few weeks ago. Yeah. And he's like, so what are we talking about? And I'm like, dude, like, I'm asking the Holy Spirit for, for a really? topic right now. And he he sent me. A, I was like, what? But what's on your mind? And he sent me a few things. And the thing that he sent me, I let him share. Yeah. So. So, yeah, it's it's been crazy. So God uses those those interactions and. Um, those moments, because when you ask, like, you know, what have you been thinking? I was like, I thought about it. I had had a bunch of like really crazy, intense conversations those two days. You know mm. what I mean? I had talked to and they just come up, you know, organically. I'm just having a conversation and all of a sudden we're talking about some deep stuff. So uh, the one thing that came was um, the connection between sacrifice and compassion, though. Mm. Um, and I feel like in in our, our culture, our society, our world, uh, though, especially in the Christian context, the Christian bubble, um, those are two things that we struggle to understand fully. Um, mm. We struggle to enter into willingly is um, entering into sacrifice and doing so in a place where we're learning compassion mm. and even compassion from a place of um, my compassion is ministry. My compassion is not just me feeling bad for people. You know what I mean? Like it, mm. it's been a, um, it's been a crazy observation in this day and age, especially coming out of COVID and, and looking at the world the way it is um, and looking at the church and some churches have retreated from, from culture and from people. Some churches have aggressively pursued people in that, in that space. Um, but one thing that we were fed during that time was self-care, was um, focus on uh, you, you know what I mean? Because mm. everybody was sitting at home. You know, you were sitting at home. I was sitting at home. I'm like, oh, you might as well get your workout on. You might as well get, get some books read that you haven't read in a while. Like, do something for you. Like, focus on you. But I think that self-focus, that self-centered focus, um, sometimes leaks into the church, leaks mm. into believers and into those circles. And we forget that our life is supposed to be one of sacrifice. And from mm. our sacrifice, um, it gives us a better perspective of one of what other people are going through. 
You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. So how do you think we can live lives that are more like not just self-centered and and self-focused and self-seeking? We can't. Y'all be good. All right. I'm just playing. (laughs) (laughs) That's the podcast. Um, That's the podcast. Um, Yo, like that, that focus of um, me. So I guess I'm going to put it like this for me practically what I do. So I have, I've had this wooden cross. Those of you know, oh, sorry. Quick shout out the mug Nick Smith podcast. So I actually do have a podcast as well. And those of you who um, have found me through my podcast, um, you know that this, this is like a staple, this cross right here. So, I bought this cross about seven years ago on mm. Amazon. It's nothing special. It's not like Hollywood or anything. I just saw it. I was like, I need something as a reminder because I know myself and I know every day if I don't literally take up my cross, like literally put a cross around my neck and look at it and be like, okay, this is me denying myself today. Then I know my plans will get in the way of everything. Like my plans are going to stop me from living a sacrificial life Mm. um and so like that's my own personal thing but jesus said you know if you want to follow me you have to deny yourself you have to pick up your cross and and follow me And that that image of picking up our cross i think we can over spiritualize that in a sense of like uh, well you know i've said yes to jesus and eternally i'm going but bro like picking up your cross for me today like to be real was um was brushing my daughter's hair when i didn't have time to i Mm. mean when i wanted to do what i wanted to do but in that moment, picking up my cross was like, you know what? I'm not going to let my, my baby girl go outside looking crazy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> because I want to hurry up and get myself ready so that I can get to where I need to be. Yeah. So so I can come and talk about Jesus. You know what I mean? I'm going to yeah. deny the ministry that God has blessed me with. Um, so like picking up my cross in that moment meant, uh, you know, serving my wife, making sure she had what she needed before she went to work. Picking mm-hmm. up my cross meant um, like literally thinking I'm not here for me today. Mm. Like God's brought me here, but but my life isn't about serving me every That's really day. Good, bro. I um I stole that from some. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think like and and seeing, I don't know. I guess my observation, and and I'm interested to see like, as as sometimes when we're working in churches, those of you who work in ministries, um, nonprofits, or in a church, um, you your job tends to be that functional sacrifice right Mm -hmm. you tend to think like okay well i'm going in i'm serving i'm I'm working on the the media team or i'm preaching or whatever so we think we're living sacrificial lives but like have you observed in people's personal lives outside of their responsibilities or their jobs at work like have you observed that sacrificial living like in your experience Mm -hmm. i want to i want to hear you because i know what i've seen but i'm trying to see like what what has your experience been in that like have i observe other people in my life being sacrificial yeah outside of like what they consider the mandatory like well you know i go to church i give we good (laughs) yeah i think i think that's a i think that's a it's a struggle um and uh this is something that that me and gordon have talked about before too is the 80 20 rule yes where it's like 20 percent of the people do 80 percent of the work yeah. Um. And uh, you see it in churches where it's like a lot of the people who are serving and showing up and doing things are the are the same yeah. um, people. Uh, but I think it, in this season and I've been blessed to kind of see like the opposite of what I've been used to of, of people actually like being sacrificial mm-hmm. um, and, and giving. And um, for me, like I, I feel like I've always been used to being the one um sacrificing and giving 
for friends, for family. Like yeah. for me, it's like I always feel like somebody needs something, mm-hmm. and um, like sometimes it's good to be in a position or a place where you're not the one um, where somebody doesn't need or want something from you. Yeah. They just want to pour into you or or give to you, um, and like that's been extremely refreshing to me. So, um, for instance, as the man of my church, uh, when we had first started coming coming to this church, uh, he was just like, "Hey, my name's John. How I I fix things? <laughs> is there anything in your, is your anything in your home that needs fixing? Yeah." Like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. like you don't know me for if you care to pay your offer to come over to my house and just, yeah. like, fix things. And it was so, like, countercultural to, like, what I've experienced in church because, like, mm-hmm. from just personally, it's, like, sometimes I felt like the only time people, like, went out of the way to serve another person was mm-hmm. the leadership. Yeah. Or, like, the pastor or the person in charge, somebody that uh, it's, like, oh, it's they're going to get recognition or they're going to get their back scratched or something yeah. something from it, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it's validating, but oftentimes, like, people don't go out of the way to just serve someone they don't know or who has nothing to offer them in return. Wow. Um, and, like, for me, that, that personally spoke, like, volumes that, like, hey, and not only did he come and fix the stuff in my house, mm-hmm. he brought his own tools brought the own supplies to like didn't cost me a dime that's jesus stuff right there that's awesome like and like i was like yo like this is what it means to like be the church and to be like the hands and feet of jesus yeah and and just like serve one another and and love one another um but then on the flip side then there's there's still those times where i do see like like people that uh (laughs) <laughs> like unfortunately like the uh, hardest part about being in ministry is is people <laughs> like <laughs> you lord if it wasn't like, for your people this would like, be perfect yeah you know like I mean? yeah it's like yo, there was no people here in church or, or around it's like <laughs> like there's just sometimes it's like like there's there's that that reality and um of like there's things that can be done mm-hmm. or things that need to be done that like some people can just do yeah like you know, like some people are like, hey, like, can you fix this or you can, can you do this or you can can you change this? And I'm like, I see you see the need, man, <laughs> man. So so you hit a couple things that I think are just so like important. So so we're talking about that. I had a pastor once that said um, and it's not uh, an original thought, but the concept is see a need, fill a need. Yeah. Like you see the need, step in the step in that gap. Like, don't you don't have to report that to someone else mm-hmm. if it's within your power to to minister. But uh, the other thing, the thing that I was thinking about um, when you're talking about uh, the gentleman, John, and how he was living that kingdom mindset and entering into uh, sacrifice and entering into a community like mm-hmm. those are those moments where we see the church as different from the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I think so much like we've. In, in Western culture, in, in, in American Christianity, and I'll say American churchianity, you know what I'm saying? Because it's not Jesus is doing it. It's us when we're trying to organize. Um, and I love the church. Like, I do. I think the church is the light of the world. I think that um, the hope of the world through Jesus Christ. But I, I know I realize some things that we got to get together. And one of the things is um, we've made ministry a profession instead of a lifestyle you know mm. we've made sacrifice like you said oh the the people that sacrifice it's the pastors the associate pastors the youth pastors it's the people the deacons is whoever works on the board like those are the ones that sacrifice i come give my 10 percent so that they can do their job and it's like it's this idea that that we've adopted of a professional christian 
Like I'm going to pay the professional Christian to do the ministry um, because I've got more important stuff. Like that's not my calling. But when you look at the word, like what you see in the book of Acts, what you see um, all through the gospels, even going back to the Old Testament, when like the uh, tabernacle was being built, they said like anybody who has something to bring, bring it. If you have a skill, use it. If you have, if you're good at something, like it's meant to build up the kingdom. It's meant to serve Mm -hmm. and um, being able to enter into those spaces sacrificially and say, listen, even if specifically, because I'm not getting paid, like I'm not doing this for the pay. I'm doing it because I see a need and I want to step in that with the gifting that God has blessed me with. Yeah. Now that could, that could be money, but a lot of times, like I don't have money to help a lot of people. Yeah. um, But I have time. Um, I have sometimes just like I can help my neighbor. You know, she's an older lady. She sometimes is carrying groceries in. I can help her carry groceries in. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it. You know what I mean? I'm sitting on the ca- I'm sitting on the porch. I got my coffee, feet up. You know what I mean? And she's coming in. Like everything in my flesh is saying like, oh, she's got this. But entering into that moment is like, like how can I give of myself? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's what Christ did. He gave of himself um, ultimately on the cross, right? But mm-hmm. even in the day to day, like, yeah, it says when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. You mm. know what I mean? He was tired. He done did miracles. He done traveled. The boy walked everywhere. My man's had the, you know, what I mean, the Jesus walk sandals on. He was mm-hmm. on these hard roads, and he saw these people, and he could have been like, "Listen, I need like fifteen minutes. Like, leave me alone." But no, he had compassion, and he gave of himself in those moments. And I think like what you're saying about seeing seeing people live that out in the church. Um, in one hand, people who have got it, like they understand the kingdom mentality. Um, and then you still have others who are trying to get it or we're, we're praying that they get it. You yeah. know what I mean, we're praying that they come alongside. Yeah. And I, I think even as you're saying that, some of the things that pop into our mind is like, even if we look at the life of Jesus, right, mm-hmm. we look at, at him and sometimes as he's on the move, mm-hmm. going to one place to meet a need, mm-hmm. another need arises. Yep. And like how many times for us is that like just like such an inconvenience? And I'm thinking of like, <laughs> I'm thinking of so many situations, you know, yeah. where I didn't respond with the right heart posture to a need mm-hmm. um, because I was already like focused on doing something else. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like something else comes up and I'm just like, like, can you do it yourself? Or like, why do you always need something? Right. Or like, um, but like if you look at uh, Jesus and he's on the way to heal Jairus, daughter mm-hmm. and then the woman with the issue of blood comes and, and touches yes the the hem of his garment and and and, and you know she's healed but he, he stops in the moment yeah. like you know to, to to speak to her to minister and says daughter your faith has made you well come on and um like as he's on a way to to meet and eat another another need arises and he doesn't yeah. reject that person he doesn't shame that person whereas we we probably have been like yo like yeah stop touching me like i got stuff to do, <laughs> yo, I got do, something to do. <laughs> get off me you, you know? got your healing be cool yeah. i'm out um no that's real i think um one of the things we try to live by in um in the ministry and my wife and i we we do ministry together we say we do ministry as a family and one of the things we try to live by is like ministry happens in the interruptions mm. you know what i mean because it's in those actually it's crazy there's a, a test i don't remember you know, so I was a pastor for years, so we just kind of find examples and we just kind of keep them. And so I don't remember where I got this from, but um, there was a, a school uh, that was teaching pastors how to be pastors. And um, they showed up. It was a big final exam. They showed up to the, the place to take their test. There's a door, a uh, note on the door that said, hey, test has been moved. Time hasn't changed. Be there. Mm-hmm. So all these people are hustling across campus to get to the other room. Um, between the, the original room and the new room, there was somebody in need. And um, some people stopped to help them. Some people didn't. The people were like, look, I'm in a, I'm, I got to get this for my final exam. Like, I'm not going to fail my final exam, you know, to help this person. I got to get to where I'm, I'm going to get. 
So by the time everybody got to the classroom, the teacher said, no, that was the exam. Like, this isn't the exam. This was just kind of a setup. But Mm -hmm. I think in real life, that's the truth. A lot of times what we think our path, our plan is, what we think our goal is, um, especially when we're, you know, we're doing the the regular everyday stuff of our life. Got to get my kids to work or to school. You know, I got to get to work. I got to, you know, things, deadlines, boom, boom, boom. And then something interrupts us and we're like, oh, this is getting in the way of my ministry. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is like, no, this is your ministry. This is your ministry. In this moment, like, it's it's in that moment that you get to demonstrate, do you have compassion on those who Christ has compassion on? Mm-hmm. Like, is your heart broken for those that need you? Or is your heart broken for those who need to experience Jesus with skin on? Or do you just talk about it and then, you know what I mean, talk about it. And when you have time, you schedule your ministry in. Like, well, you know, I'm going to help somebody from 3 to 3.15. And then mm-hmm. after that, you know, it's my time. Um, I had a... A pastor once told me, and I, I, I struggle to, to live by this, but I think it's a great understanding of like, you know, when Jesus came, the tithe, every, he elevated everything. And so like in the Old Testament, you know, the tithe, boom, you give your 10%. Mm-hmm. And Jesus even commends the the um, the Pharisees like, listen, y'all are on point with your tithe. You give a tenth of everything. But when somebody asks of you, you use that as a like, oh, no, I've already given my 10%. But Jesus calls us deeper, like, no, everything that you have. You know, the widow who gave her two pennies, she gave everything she had. And Jesus commended her, not saying, like, you're supposed to sell all you have and give to the church. But all that you have already is God's. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be those who are willing to live open-handedly and say, you know what, because God has had compassion on me, I'm going to enter into that sacrificial living. I'm going to enter into having compassion on others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's such a a magnifier of the soul. You know I mean, you see where your heart really is when you're looking at those challenging moments. Yeah. You know I mean, when you get stopped on your way to doing what's in, what you feel is important, um, that's when you really see kind of where you are with Jesus, where your soul is. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm, I'm happy that you brought up that, um, that idea of the tithe. Mm-hmm. Um, because one thing about the New Testament is, like, the New Testament doesn't, like, teach tithe. It teaches generosity. That's right. You know what I mean? Because some people are in a place where... Tithing isn't a generous act mm. because they're so financially stable. I don't see. I don't know what that's like. Like you know I'm trying to like, be. <laughs> I know. I know. But like for some people, like oh, ten percent is a lot. Yeah. But like also some people, like oh, like. But also, it's like, even for people who may be living paycheck to paycheck, even if yeah. they're just setting aside a ten percent, if it's just like a routine or mm-hmm. or habit, is it is it. Is it generous? Mm. Like I think, I think generosity is not just routine or habit or yeah. doing something because you feel obligated to do it. Generosity is something that is an overflow of like what is in your heart. Yeah, you know what I mean. So two percent could be generous, just as generous as ten percent. Hmm. You know, and I think that that God doesn't call us to just like tithe. Like I think tithe is like an Old Testament yeah concept or or ideology, yeah. whereas like New Testament, it's like be generous, like be. Be a cheerful, be a cheerful giver. Yes. And um, like I know, like some people get frustrated because they're always like, "Well, well, the church they just want my money." It's like, no, 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 no. Like, and I'm sorry that that there are churches like that, and I'm sorry that like some the way that sometimes it comes across that it that it seems that way. But really, what what matters is like God wants all of you. That's right. Like that's right. He wants all of you. He wants your time. He wants your talent. And he wants your he treasure. Wants your, your treasure. Yeah. Right. And and we're called to give all of that and, and find what 
what is gen and be generous with it with our mm-hmm. gifts with our time with our with our talent with our with our treasure right yeah um and that could being generous in this season for you might not look like giving financially to the church mm-hmm. because we're called to be good stewards that's right at the same time yeah so in this season giving all you have financially to the church or the what's left of your finances to the church mm-hmm. uh, might not be a good stewart being <laughs> a good stewart yeah but you might need to withhold in that area to get your finances in order to get out of debt yeah <laughs> yeah to, to um to to create a, a savings to mm-hmm. create um an emergency fund yeah so that you're able to get to a place where you're able to be financially generous yeah right um so in this season you might be called to be extremely generous with your gifts mm-hmm. or with your time mm-hmm. right you know yeah. and i, I think as Christians, we can do a better time navigating what those things are and not being limited on what it looks like to be um, generous. Because I think when we think yeah. of generosity, we just think of of finances. Yeah. And um, some people think, oh, if we're called to give ten percent, and you want to, if you want to be honest, I think ten percent is like that's uh that's setting the bar low. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're you're. Re- I mean, that's that's all. That's real. Like I think the struggle with what we've taught. Um, people is that 10%. We teach it as law, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and I think I, I'm not against tithing. I'm not against 10%. Yeah, I'm not against that. You know I mean, and yeah, I feel your heart. Like, but that is something that I know we teach as like, Hey, if you don't know what to give, here's a, here's a general guideline. You can look at this as like a starting point or as like a, if you can afford 10%. Um, I had a, a friend of mine who was like, Hey, give a dollar a week. If once you realize you don't miss that, give $2 a week, mm-hmm. you don't miss that. Then give $4 a week. Like, just kind of give until you feel you feel that tug of like, okay, Lord, this is I'm being generous, but I'm struggling, and just pray through that. And as God leads you with your giving of money, um, He's actually working on your heart. You know what I'm saying? He's working on that generosity piece. And I think what you said about being generous in general, um, it's important for us to to realize that we're relational beings, and um, sometimes throwing money at a situation is the opposite of generosity. Mm. Um, I think about I think about a, a a church that I was a part of, we had a ministry that was very well funded yet. Nobody would volunteer. Nobody was there to build relationship with others as they came. Mm -hmm. And so nobody was generous with their time. And, and in fact, them giving money was almost an act of you keep those people away from me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was, I'm distancing myself from the actual work of generosity. Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, as God puts difficult people in your life, people who are hard to love, people who are frustrating, people who are draining of your attention and time, God's really challenging you to say, okay, can you discern when you're being generous? Um, and I think sometimes there are those people that are literally distractions. You have to be discerning in that, Mm -hmm. but there are times where there are needs that you can fill and um, it doesn't have to be with your money. It can be like, can you sit and listen? I think one of the biggest tests is children. I mean, I know you have kids and sometimes your kid wants to tell you the longest, most pointless story and their cute little voice <laughs> and they're talking and they're going and you're like, okay, okay, all right. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. that No, okay. But it's like, okay, in the long run, what's an extra two minutes of listening to my kid babble on about something that doesn't matter? Like mm. I'm, I'm making sure that they know they're seen by their father, that yeah. they're heard. You know what I'm saying? I'm being generous with that, with my attention. Um, and that has eternal ramifications as opposed to like, all right, here to, you know, take a dollar and go like, go mm. on, do your thing. Um, I feel like God calls us into that, that spirit of generosity. Um, because like, again, we love because he first loved. 
And so he gives us these examples in, in the way he did it perfectly. And so we see Jesus being generous with his time, generous with first salvation. Like we don't deserve anything. It's all grace. It's all gifts to us. Um, but the fact that he, it would have been enough for him to just come down and die and then leave. But he came down and he lived among people and he like physically touched people and hugged people and like laughed and like loved people. Like how generous of a life did God live? Like Jesus as God among people who were not worthy of his presence, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that example, keeping that in, in mind is important whenever you're dealing with that, that spirit of selfishness. Cause like that's the opposite of generosity, right? It's like self-centered, self-serving selfishness. Um, you know, am I, am I more important than God's mission right now? Mm. You know, I think that's a good question that I have to keep asking myself. Even as I said it right now, I was like, whoa, am I willing to actually ask myself that <laughs> as I'm frustrated about traffic? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and even um, Paul, he says, look, don't look out for just your own interests. Yeah. Look out for the interests of others too. That's right. And yeah. um, I remember asking that to myself a few years ago, like, man, like, am I a person who takes interest in the things of the people around me. Mm-hmm. You know, like when my friends start a business, do I support them? Do I yeah. encourage them? Um, and that's something I'm practically doing today. Shout out to Life After Death Graphics. That's what's with, up. With the, with the dope shirt. Yes. Uh, but that's one of the things I've, I've tried to do. Um, oh, wait. Speaking of that, hold on. I got something for you. <laughs> Speaking of Uh-oh. So I'm supporting. We got, we got gifts. We you know got what I mean? Gifts. We, got, we got a little swag. So look. Okay. Um, this limited edition. This is a Nick Smith right. podcast mug, limited edition. I actually need a new mug because I lost my Yeti. See, I got you. I got you. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah, saying. I'm put this right here. There you go. Look. See, right I got here, the old but... model. Um, and to be honest, um, I, I borrowed this one from my, my sister because I gave my personal one away. But I wanted to represent. And you got the new model. So I just right. wanted to bring that. But no. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, um, yeah. That's... Intentionally blessing other people and supporting them. Go ahead. Yeah. That's just something that, I, that I've tried to do. Um, and like my... With, with my friends and my family, like the things that they're interested in, the lanes that they want to pursue. Yeah. I want to make sure that I'm reaching out to them and we're talking about it and that I'm, I'm encouraging them personally. Yeah. Um, and, and supporting them with, you know, and, and sometimes that means supporting them with, with my finances, not just my words. Come on. Um, sometimes that means, Hey, sharing a post. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, Sometimes you're going to support people at first and the, the quality of what they're doing is not that great. <laughs> <laughs> He's not and, lying. And I'm, I'm, not lying. Talk, I'm not talking about um, Life at the Duff graphics t-shirts because they're amazing. Yeah, dope. Um, that is but, a dope shirt, by the way. But w- what I'm saying is like when I first started, like, all right, for instance, a couple years ago when I first started doing video and photography, I was not good. Like mm-hmm. I did not know what I was doing. I did not know anything about camera. I didn't know anything about lighting. I didn't know anything but like over time mm-hmm. like it got better yeah and now i'm at a place where like hey there's people that come to me that ask me for advice that yeah. ask me for these things um and people are interested in 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 what i'm doing mm-hmm. and i remember just like uh a few years ago there was another person and and they uh they had started something and um i had bought bought it bought it bought it from them and mm-hmm. uh the product it was just not great <laughs> I, I like washed it one time yeah and, uh the uh the the shirt was like it was done it was done it was like (laughs) it was like three sizes too small the letters (laughs) the letters on it were all gone but you know like i still i still supported them and um you know like i i just think that's that's what we should do yeah um 
as friends and whether that thing succeeds or whether or whether it doesn't at least like you cared enough about the people around you to take interest in something that they wanted i think so often it's so easier to support um big name celebrities and um yeah. uh big name Christian leaders and other people who, who start out these ventures, um, like you'll buy their shirts, you'll buy their merch, you'll buy, oh, yeah. you'll buy, um, their skincare products. You'll, 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 um, buy whatever, um, equipment they, they recommend. Yeah. But what about your friends? What about those people in your local church? What about, yeah. um, your family members? Are you supporting the things that, that they're passionate about? Yeah. I think that's so important. Um, I think, being because how do I want to say this um we as as human beings like we see all this glamour and we want to be a part of of that because we have something inside of us that wants to be a part of something bigger right mm-hmm. so when you put on Nike you put on Gucci you put on these brand names you're a part of that culture that mm-hmm. embraces that but the truth is you're a part of something bigger in the kingdom you're a part of something bigger in God and and as you are entering into the ministry of the Holy Spirit and you're supporting people and you're you're being like Barnabas you know what I mean mm-hmm. Barnabas came alongside and the great encourager like he was just like Yo, what are we doing, Paul? Like, I got you. You need money? Let's do it. You need somebody to cheer you on? Let's go. Like, we're going to plant a church? All right, you preach, but I'm there with you. Like, let's go make this happen. And as we are able to come alongside people, I mean, that's what the the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. Like, the Holy Spirit is God, but not but, and, like, he is God, and he is called the great encourager, you know what I mean? The paraclete, mm-hmm. the one that comes alongside of us. And when we're walking in the spirit, it should lead us to encourage others. Mm-hmm. It should lead us, like he should lead us to do the things that he does. Mm-hmm. And if we we find in our everyday life that we're not willing to encourage and support and and do those kind of things, then we really have to check, like, am I, am I listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit? Mm. And I think, and just from a relational piece, like, as as believers we should be marked by again generosity we should be marked by kindness we should be marked by a willingness to go that extra mile with people um we should be marked by a willingness to share uh this podcast you know what i mean <laughs> just yeah we i didn't mean to guilt y'all but paul did it paul guilted people yeah. he said listen um i know i love the the uh, letter in philemon when he's mm-hmm. like listen you don't have to do this, but just remember you owe everything to me. Like your whole yeah, yeah. life is my, is because of me. So, you know, but here's the thing, like you can, if you're coming across this, this post, you're coming across this video, like you can take the time to just be like, all right, I'm gonna share this with somebody. There's somebody I know that this would benefit. Um, and not because you're like proclaiming from the mountaintop, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard, but you're supporting people who are about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this isn't just a self a fulfilling message, but um, set yourself aside long enough when you're engaging with your friends and your family mm-hmm. who are going into those ventures and who need the support to just come alongside and be like, "Hey, listen, even if the shirt's gonna shrink up on me, let me get let me get a shirt." Yeah. You know what I mean, even if uh, whatever, like even if it's gonna flop, like I want to support you because that's what we do as believers. We support each other. Yeah, and here, if y'all want scripture, because I know some people are like, well, what does the Bible say? Y'all want, y'all want some scripture? Come on. Y'all want it. some scripture on, behind preach. it? Here, here, preach. here we go. It says, let us hold fast to the confession of our faith without, of our hope without wavering. So mm-hmm. the confession of our faith that we believe in Jesus, that he He lived, he died, he He resurrected, just as um Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians, what, 15, mm-hmm. right? Let us, he says this, let us hold fast to the confession of our, 
hope without wavering for he who promises faithful and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works yeah let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works yes. not neglecting to meet together as it is a habit of some but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near yes and you know what that reminds me of um in romans um because i immediately i shot over to in my mind over in romans where it says um oh i can't remember the exact um y'all i pastored for years and i can't remember i'm terrible remembering exactly what verses it are but y'all got google y'all know how to look it up um (laughs) but he says um outdo one another in zeal showing Mm. brotherly affection like um that idea of not you know, let's stir each other up. Let's encourage each other. Let's out. Let me think not what can. Well, they didn't share my stuff last time. They didn't come by to them for me. How can I outdo them in in zeal? How can I think about keeping score in a way of like, oh, I, I want to be the one that blesses them more. Mm-hmm. I want to be the one that shows up. I want to be that person. And not just because I want you to, to return it. You know, what I mean, it's not a reciprocal thing. It's because I want to see God, uh, God, make your ministry flourish and your calling flourish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so good. And I feel like if y'all, if we're keeping score, mm-hmm. if we if we have the ability to keep score on the amount of good we've done, mm-hmm. then we've not done enough good. Come on, because we should be doing so much good that we not that we can count it, but that we lose count. That's so good. That's good right there. You know, and that's when it really counts because that yeah. we're living a life of generosity. Come on, and and sac and, and sacrifice. Yeah. Um. The uh. I'm actually the next message. This is a sneak sneak peek that i'm preaching at my church uh, uh and I'll, I'll test it out here and see if it lands it is <laughs> uh is when is the last time love cost you something hmm when is the last time Ooh. love cost you something and i think yeah like when um it's going to be based in uh in john when jesus tells the disciples to love one another mm-hmm. so we're going through the book of john yeah and um like when we see the way that Jesus loved, like it, it cost him something. Like yeah. it cost him his life. Come on, for love. Like for yeah. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Like Jesus loved the world so much that He laid His life down. That He became yeah. a sacrifice for for everyone. You That's know? right. Um, yeah. So like, I just think that if we are going to be people of love and compassion mm-hmm. that true love is is costly. Yeah. And I'm not just talking financial. That's right. Like it it really costs you something and the way that that looks is like if you look at uh uh 1 Corinthians 13 and and yeah. the way that it describes love like each of those descriptions where it says love doesn't envy. Come on. It does not boast. Yeah. You know, it keeps no record of wrong. Whew. Like, yeah, like we that's deep. Like, we like to use that for weddings. We like to use it for weddings, but he's not even talking about he's talking that's about right. the everyday life. Mm-hmm. Like how we as Christians express love on a daily basis. That's right. And when, even that one right there, it keeps no record of wrong. Like you could Man. you will spend the rest of your life wrestling with that. Yeah. If you truly want to be a person of love. Yeah. And um <laughs> Like, Bro, like that's good. That's that's solid. I think um I th- I think because we think of love on how we want to be loved, right? Mm-hmm. I think when we can read that 
and like, oh yeah, love. And you can, you can, um, see like, okay, I see how God did that with me. Mm -hmm. But when, when you're wronged in the real life, in the Mm -hmm. real world, when somebody does something, uh, they, they offend you or they, they downright sin against you. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's real wrong done. Uh, then you have to really wrestle with that truth of like, okay, am I loving as Christ loved? Am I seeking to love as Christ loved? Cause we're not going to do it perfectly, but is that my heart? Is that my intention to, um, to not keep a record of wrongs, to, um, to believe all things, you know, to, mm-hmm. not, that doesn't mean be an idiot and just roll around like, Oh, they told me this lie and it's obviously not true. No, like believe the best in people believe mm-hmm. that it's possible for change. Believe like, yeah, you have to wrestle with that. And I think for me personally, part of the reason that that has been, previously like i'm thinking back to before god really got a hold of me um people are messy like life is messy and and when god calls you god saves you from your sin but he doesn't save you so that he can put you on this shelf and you can be this image of christian perfection and he can just adore you just you and him no he saves you from your sin for community Mm. and so as he saves you from yourself and from destruction he saves you to be part of the body Mm. But that means you have to be willing to engage with the body. You have to be willing to engage with other people, bro. And like when you engage with other people, people are messy. People have brokenness in their life. People have trauma. People have these these bad coping mechanisms. Mm. You know what I mean? That's just part of living in a broken world. But you have to be able to enter into that space with love and say, you know what? I'm not perfect neither, but I'm going to meet. I'm going to meet people in this space and I'm going to love them how Jesus loved me. Yeah, I mean, because there's going to be times this is kind of going back to the original conversation that me, you and I had, like there's going to be times where you're going to be the one who needs compassion. You're going to be the one mm-hmm. who needs someone to be generous towards you. And if you've spent your your walk, your life building up walls because you're not willing to give to others, you're not willing to connect, give of your time, talent, treasure, give of your attention to other people. Um, when those days come, when, when hard time hits, right? Cause Jesus said, uh, in this world, you will have troubles. Like that's a promise. Mm-hmm. So when those times come and you're looking around to lean on community and you're looking around cause you, you need, um, and Jesus is there cause Jesus is going to be there for you, but he's also going to point out like, listen, I'm also in the church and in the body and I brought people around you, but you kept pushing them away because you weren't willing to engage. You weren't willing to be generous. You weren't willing to love. And so that's why you're lonely right now. That's why you're isolated right Mm. now. And I don't know who I just said that to, but God loves you. God sees you in your loneliness. He knows what's, what's going on in your heart, but, but he's also calling you out of that into community. Mm. And so just know that the, the body of Christ, right? We're, we're here for a purpose. And if you're not willing to engage, but you only want to consume, um, mm. then when the time comes that you actually need and you, you're looking for brothers and sisters in Christ, you're going to have a hard time finding them because you've distanced yourself and you haven't been willing to engage and live sacrificially. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And just naturally, bro, like if you think of the times in your life where you've been the most thriving, mm-hmm. the most happy, mm-hmm. and your best memories are usually moments that were shared with other people. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like your 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 favorite memories, your best moments in life where you you were thriving. Yeah. Is usually something that was shared with another person. That's right. And like that like even if you're not a like a person of faith, just like like think that. Yeah. Like and that's how important community is. Mm-hmm. Like you're never more al- you'll never feel more alone. You'll never feel more vulnerable and you'll never feel more empty than when you withdraw yourself from community. That's right. So maybe right now, like the thing that God might be 
like speaking to you is to to reconnect yeah to to reconnect and That's like right. even like as like christians like if we look at the perfect community of father son holy spirit mm-hmm. who are are constantly in community and yeah. com- um communion with with uh with with one another you know yeah. um even jesus says hey I do nothing without the Father. I only do Come what on. the Father sees. You, you, I and the Father are are one. We yeah. see them always operating um, together and That's doing right. doing things together. Even Jesus, Jesus Himself, does not do anything alone. <laughs> Come on, man! Like that, that's that's powerful to think about. You know what's crazy is the world gets that now. Like mm-hmm. if you look at any non-Christian organization, like they promote community. They promote one. I mean, even think about any. Any specific grouping of people, they call it the blank community. It doesn't matter what it is. It's mm-hmm. the the biker community, the blank blank community, whatever communities that are out there. Um, people that don't have Christ and don't have the Holy Spirit see it, but somehow we've been fed a line. And I, I think it's just the deceit of the enemy who has been planting seeds in the church for forever. But w- we don't believe that as much as the world does. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, the world believe they get it. They're like, yay, we need. I mean, even. Um, you know, you and I were talking a little bit about military, like that mindset of like, you're, you're not G.I. Joe, you're not Ram, you don't do anything on your own. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Gangs get it. They don't do anything on their own. Like the world gets it. Mm-hmm. But then when we come to the church, we think we can have this kind of G.I. Joe Rambo solo faith where it's like, it's just me and Jesus. I don't need nobody else. I remember hearing, I remember hearing my mom say that being like, oh, it's just me and Jesus. I'm like, at the time I was like, oh, that sounds really spiritual. But now that I'm maturing in the faith, I'm like, actually, no. Like it's, it is you and Jesus, but it's you, you need to be a part of a body. Yeah. Like you need that. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think that owning into that community is important. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like with Jesus, Jesus, it wasn't just Jesus and Jesus doing ministry. Like, like like, if you read the scripture, like Jesus wasn't alone. Like Jesus had a squad of 12 straight up with him at all times. Like he was rolling 12 deep at all times. times. And if it wasn't with his 12, he had his three. Yeah. He always had somebody on his left and his right. Like he was ready, man. Like that's so funny. It wasn't just Jesus and Jesus. It wasn't just, it wasn't just Jesus and Jesus. Like Jesus, Jesus had a squad fam. Like, well, and even in the, uh, even in the desert, it said he had angels attending to him like and the wild animals were there like it wasn't even just him in the desert you know what yeah. i'm saying the enemy was on him and he still had people he still had the, the angels in like there to minister to him that's crazy but think of jesus's lowest moment on the cross that's right what did he say father why have you forsaken why have you forsaken me? that's when he felt alone he felt the lack of yeah. communion uh communion yeah. and community communion with the father that's right like that's crazy like like that that's wow that's crazy to, that's crazy to think about yeah and I think as Christians, like one of the things I heard this week and it kind of, I was kind of like thrown off about, by it. And I don't even remember who said it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not really big in like calling people out anyway, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, they were like coming against so, like, yeah, and there's this compassion theology that's, that's hurting the church. And I, I, I understand, I understand yeah, where I they were coming hear, from. I need that, to hear more about that, where they right, come from. Cause. All right. All right. So this let, in good faith. Yes, I'm here. Let, I'm listening. Let, this is where I believe they were coming from. Okay, I'm with you. Actually, I remember who who it was now. Okay, um, but um, they were saying that in effort to show compassion, people um, compromise on okay. w- on biblical truth. Okay, right. Okay. I can see that. I can All see right. that. All right, but hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. When people come to church or around or are around Christians, mm-hmm. that should be 
the times where they feel the most love, right? Yeah. If you are around me, if you're in my house, if you come to my church, mm -hmm. like before you know my doctrine, you should know your love. That's like, right. Yeah. Like you should hear love, yeah. feel love. That's good. And like if the moment, like I just think of, there's this vivid memory of like when I was in church younger mm -hmm. and I was 15 and, and um, uh, the church I was attending, there was this guy who came in and he was sitting in the back, clearly going through something. Mm -hmm. And um, he had his hood up mm -hmm. in the back. And like uh, the usher like kept pestering about like having his take your hood, hood off. Yeah, type. take your hood off, take your hood off. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, and the middle said, would you leave me alone? And like, Dang. he gets up and yeah. like storms out the church. And I'm like, I'm like, whoa, like, yeah. You know, I like, what point, like, does it really matter? Like, show, like, where in the Bible does it say, like, God can't reach you or minister through your to hood. you <laughs> through, through your hood? It's like the hood limiting yeah. God's, um, God's ministry to this person. And yeah. I think sometimes, like, we talk about the power of the gospel and the power mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit, but then at times we think that. There are, whether it's uh, overt or or not, mm -hmm. that there are these like limiting factors yeah. that um, that limit people from receiving the gospel or mm -hmm. even just encountering that transformational power of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. So, and like things like in this day and age of like the way people dress, you mm -hmm. know, someone's sexual orientation. Yeah. Like if somebody with a, with a different sexual orientation were to come into the church, yeah, I, I believe that depending on the church, there would be more people who at that moment, like, oh, we got to confront them. We got to tell them yeah. that they're living in sin, that these, that these things are wrong. Yeah. Instead of just like, hi, my name's Jesse. What's your name? Bro. Like, you're, yeah. you're welcome. Like I've never met you before. Like, yeah. Engage with them as a person. Let, let me hear your story. Like this is a person like yeah. whether they LGBTQ, X, whatever. Y, Z, yeah, trans, whatever. pant, whatever it is, at this moment, you have to engage with them as a person who is created in the image of God because That's they right. have a sex, a different sexual orientation does not mean that they stop being a person who has been created mm -hmm. in the image of God. That's right. And because they are a person created in the image of God, we are called to love them and they are worthy of love. That's right. Right? Yeah. And I don't care what someone's sexual preference is or mm -hmm. sexual orientation is mm -hmm. that does not limit them from receiving or hearing the gospel and being transformed by it come on right and yeah. in that yes. and in yes. in that it is the holy spirit's job to 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 change the heart right that's right i could be very clear on like hey like this is this is what scripture says like mm -hmm. scripture says these things are are wrong it, it very yeah. clearly lists out these things mm -hmm. right and but there are also things that are wrong, like like gluttony. Come on, and, and we have a lot of people overweight in the church. We there are people we go to church, then we go out to fast food um, restaurants and go out this to man's speaking um, right now. He's go speaking out to right now. to buffets after right, yeah, and stuff our stuff our faces while Much there's people food in we our, can have while there's people in our community starving. Yeah, yeah, but we're not, but we're not, we're not talking about that. <laughs> like, so like it's like we want to pick and choose yeah. the issues that that we're having, and maybe. Um, like if we were people who lived more sacrificially mm -hmm. and lived more compassion, we would be able to shine the light of Jesus more brightly in the world. No, that's, whew, bro. Like that's that's three different sermons. Like I'm, like, I'm, there's, I'm there's on a, it. There's a lot, and I, like that's I didn't good. even think I was gonna go there today, 
But like, no, that's good though. I I just think, I just think that's what I think that's what people need to hear. And like, yeah. one of the messages in my last message at my church, I had shared that maybe the thing that we need to do mm-hmm. is that people who disagree with with our worldview, with the Christian perspective, because mm-hmm. like what Christians believe is completely countercultural at this point. Like it's it should not, be, it's like, yeah. it's like completely countercultural and yeah. it does seem the, a biblical Christian sexual ethic like goes against everything that the world believes. Right. Yeah. But we should be able to, KB says this so eloquently in his book. He said, I should love the biblical sexual ethic mm-hmm. just as much as I love people come on that i should that's, not love yeah, one more than the other yeah. that because i hold to to this truth to this value mm-hmm. does not mean i let go of this one yeah well and so i i think a, a good phrase that i've heard before is like you can't you can't clean a fish before you catch it mm-hmm. right and so like a lot of times what we try to do as believers because we feel the power of the transformation that we've experienced, right? We know, um, you know, we've been, we've, we've met the living God and he's entered into our life and he's brought healing and brokenness. And the way that we experience that becomes a law. Like you can't experience it unless you experience it this way. When I experienced it, I was, um, you know, going to a, this type of church and we had to dress this type of way. And so now I want everybody to experience, not because like the heart initially isn't, because all of this stuff matters but it's like this is how i met jesus which is important and i want you to meet him but this is the only road i know so Mm -hmm. i need you to travel this road and so we start to feed people our culture and our idea of um normative rights and wrongs as opposed to biblical truth and biblical love and i think when we enter into that place of um i want you to know jesus but you have to change before you meet him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That that sh- completely shifts. That's not that's not the gospel anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're now. We're not preaching a gospel. Now we're preaching um, behavior modification. We're preaching a social club ethics. We're we're preaching uh, all these things that isn't actually the gospel of transformation of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're saying, especially about any any orientation or any other uh, community that that interacts with the Christian faith, part of the um, feedback that we've been receiving for about a generation now. And I I think it's catching in some areas is like, listen, y'all don't value people Mm -hmm. as people. Like you, Mm -hmm. you, you value people up to a certain point. And again, I'm not calling out specific churches. I think the church in general, the global church is doing amazing things, but I think we, we drop the ball sometimes and Mm -hmm. we need to pick that up and we need to do exactly, exactly what you said. Love people as much as we love our doctrine love people as much as we love our understanding of uh, sexuality or righteousness or holiness or whatever that is that, that we've elevated. Because then at that point, we've elevated a, a doctrine above the gospel. And mm-hmm. um, that's, I mean, that's no different than what the Pharisees did. That's mm-hmm. exactly, they, you know, they put all these different steps between man and God. And God was like, no, I was very clear. This is what I want. Like, yeah, but in order to not fail here, we have to stop here. But that's too close, so we're going to stop here. And that's too close, so we're going to stop here. And now we're honoring this instead of honoring God. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to to encourage because there are a lot of broken people that feel that they can't come into a space with believers a lot of times mm-hmm. because they're so worried that they're out, their, their struggle 
is going to define their relationship within the church. Mm -hmm. But these are the same people that know they need God. Mm -hmm. Like God is calling them. God is working on their heart. And it's like, um, I had a conversation one time with uh, a gentleman. I, I used to pastor in rural Midwest, rural Kansas. And there was a gentleman who came to me. No, no joke. This, this gentleman had a swastika tattooed on his forearm. Mm -hmm. um, we had uh, some people who were living in the LGBT community who were, came to our church. Right. And I was pastoring this church and this person with a swastika on his arm came to me and said, well, pastor, I, how can you let those people? Right. I hate that word. How can you let those people into the church? And I said, first off, into your church. That's what he said. How can you let those people into your church? I said, well, first off, it's not my church. Like it's God's church. Um, and I'm not going to stand in the way between, in front of anyone and Christ. Um, and, you know, all are welcome to the table. Like, all are welcome to attend. Even Jesus even washed Judas's feet, knowing mm -hmm. Judas was going to kill him that night. You know what I mean? And so it's like, all are welcome, and God's going to do the transformation. But I just thought it was so crazy. I was like, listen, you're coming to a, a person of color with a swastika on your forearm, <laughs> talking about a whole nother community of people and how I'm supposed, like, the hypocrisy, you know yeah. what I mean, that we live in as people. And mm -hmm. I'm not talking about Christians specifically. I mean, just as people. Yeah. We live in hypocrisy because we've set our standard of righteousness of what we believe is right and wrong as the standard. Mm -hmm. And now, oh, you okay? So you like orange? I don't like orange. So if you don't, if you don't like blue, you're obviously wrong. Mm -hmm. like, but but God didn't say that. So why are we setting our standard above that? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that com that communal aspect of entering into relationships gener uh, with generosity and sacrifice and laying down your preference of this type of person makes me uncomfortable. This, the way this person dresses makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, but it's not about you and your comfort. It's about allowing people to meet a loving Christ who's going to transform their heart. Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, yeah what you and, said was, was so deep, bro. I think, I think one of the things that, that Christians struggle with is there's a difference between allowing people to come to church and allowing people to be in ministry. Two different things. <sighs> Man. Yeah, that that's that's it's levels to this. There's 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 two different things, right? Yeah. And like the one thing is like the church, the the doors of the church should be wide open. Come on, always should should be wide open. Yeah, but to to go into ministry, you have to understand like the path is narrow and there's a standard. Yeah, and um to follow Jesus, but like to follow Jesus, there's a standard Come as on. well. And that's something that we have to be clear. Like the way of following Jesus is narrow. Mm -hmm. It's narrow. Yeah. It's narrow, but the love of Christ is deep. That, come on. And is wide. Yeah. And there's no one that can't be reached or transformed by it. Amen. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm gonna share the gospel to whoever I can. Yeah. I'm gonna love whoever I can. Yeah. I'm gonna serve who whoever God puts in my path to serve despite yeah. their race despite their religion despite their 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 sexual orientation their despite politics the, their politics despite yeah. their 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 world their world view mm -hmm. right like jesus was known as a friend of sinners mm -hmm. like that's how people described him like, so you have to yeah. think you have to think of like what type of people he was around mm -hmm. right because like christians like we're just known for being friends of christians yep like do yep do you actually like engage with people who have a different worldview, have a different perspective, yeah. have a different belief system? Because if we're not doing that, then how are we being light in dark places? Come on. Right. How are we actually sharing the gospel? How are we actually doing the work of the evangelist or doing the work of, of the ministry? Yeah. If we won't engage. Yeah. Because like, 
the days like just just sharing just sharing a, a sermon clip on social media is not enough yeah just just uh sharing your church's event on um on social media is 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 not enough just handing out a flyer to invite someone to church is not enough inviting yeah. someone to church is not enough i think showing up and loving people on an everyday basis consistently yes yes like yeah is is the work like that's yes. the work that's, that's the ministry that's the ministry yeah and it it requires compassion and mm-hmm. it requires sacrifice L- lots of and that idea of of inviting people to church like you are the church yeah like i'm not inviting you and i think francis chan said this in one of his books and he said um you know it's it was never god's plan to have everyone come and marvel at the gifts of one person at the pulpit Mm -hmm. like we're all supposed to be engaged in loving people where we are because that's i mean i don't i've been convicted in sermons i felt god um point some stuff out i've been encouraged in sermons the change that's happened in my life has always come through community and through people loving Mm -hmm. me in tough times. Mm -hmm. That's when the change has happened in my life. That's when I'm like, Oh dang, even at my worst, this person is here to to love me. Even at when I'm, I'm running away, I'm getting a text message from somebody who's like, Hey, missed you. Didn't see you. Mm -hmm. You know, let's go get a cup of coffee. Let's do, you know, X, Y, Z. Like those are the moments that, that God worked that shifted my heart sitting you i mean what's the old saying you can sit in a garage all day they don't make you a car right (laughs) so like you can sit in church every sunday they don't make you a christian what makes you follow christ is actually following him like Mm -hmm. doing what he did and going where he leads and i love what you said about like how are you being light in the darkness because like you don't need a flashlight in the daytime like i don't need that at that point and Mm -hmm. so if all we are is a bunch of flashlights gathering together to make a beacon i mean like look how look how bright we are like then that's not the function of a flashlight is to go out and see Mm -hmm. what's out in the dark and to illuminate dark places and so um i mean as a challenge to anyone watching or listening um look at your friend group look at your sphere look at the people you interact with look at the people you work with there's somebody you know that doesn't know jesus Mm -hmm. um and if you're a follower of christ i'm not saying you need don't don't just bug people like hey you need to know jesus that's annoying nobody likes that but are you loving them in a way that they start to see jesus in your actions yes i mean because if if you're not and you go to work and you're just complaining all the time. And every time I see them, they're talking about how they were at the club or partying or doing all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. I remember back in the good old days when I used to do that. But now I'm a Christian. Like, hold on. Now, are you actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you actually living out of the joy in Christ in front yeah. of people and loving them where they are? Like there's because um, if you're not, if you like disassociate with those people and then you go to church, you're like, oh, I just can't wait to be around the saints. Um you're not really doing what God's calling us to do. Like mm-hmm. you got to engage. You have to. Yeah. To go. That's to go. Com- that's the great commission. Go. That's it. Go into that's, all the world. That's right. And trust he's going with you. Yeah. And trust that he's there. Um, yeah. That sacrifice yeah. piece, bro. Like that's huge. Give up. You have to give up yourself. You have to pick up your cross. You have to give up your um, sense of entitlement of your time, sense of entitlement of your comfort, sense of entitlement of um, privacy of your own, like, mind sometimes are like man i didn't want to think about this person right now like mm-hmm. i wanted i'm sitting here trying to watch a movie and i'm sitting yeah. you know what I mean no you need to give that up because if god's put them on your heart you need to be praying for them or you need to reach out to them if god if you see that person struggling and, and god's stirring you towards compassion don't harden your heart like enter into that sacrificial situation and and love that person where they are that's it i'm just playing <laughs>
one of the things I often uh, think that people wrestle with and struggle with is how can God love me if his people don't? Mm. And and that's why I think I think that's I think a lot of the objection to the Christian faith or Mm -hmm. to Christianity or to Christ, Mm -hmm. you know, because like we're not trying to get people to follow a religion. We're getting trying to get people to follow Jesus. That's right. Right. So I think the objection people have to following Christ is you you say this. God loves me. Mm hmm but his people don't. Yeah. You know, and we are his representatives. We are his ambassadors here in this world. So we're not walking in love and compassion and kindness towards yeah. others. Like I don't I think we're doing the gospel and injustice. Come on. Yeah. That's you real. Know what I mean? Because yeah. the gospel was initiated because of love. Yeah. And if you look at Romans 5 it talks about while we were still yeah, enemies, while we right. were still enemies of God, yeah, Christ died for us. That's right. Right? So it's like, at the same time, if God loved me while I was an enemy, mm-hmm. while I was opposed to him, while I was subject to mm-hmm. his wrath because I had no faith right? in Jesus, you know, I yeah. wanted nothing to do. I was living my life wrong. I was seeking my own selfish ambition i was not following christ i was not walking in the truth while i was that way while i was uh a a promiscuous uh, a lustful you know addict whatever whatever your 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 sin bend is Mm -hmm. you know you were an enemy of christ i was an enemy of christ at one point but yet christ still died for me come on right because he loved me because he saw my soul as something worth infinite value Mm. right so i have to look now as a christian now as a born again christian i have to look at people that same way yeah as their soul having infinite value to god and i think that's game change i think that changes the game it does because now it causes me to love yeah now i become i i i become someone who's compelled by compassion now, now serving and going the extra mile makes sense. Yeah. Like, it, it makes sense. Yeah. It all makes sense. It all comes together. Like Jesus says, if, 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 uh, if somebody comes to you and he said, he said, if they actually, I forget how it says, but he's like, give them your cloak too. Like, yeah, he's like, that's right. Yeah. They actually, for something, he's like, give them your cloak too. He says, if they say, go with me one mile, go with him too. Go like, too. go that's the right. extra mile. Yeah. It makes sense because. People have infinite value, and I'm willing to go to the deepest lengths, mm-hmm. to the darkest depths, to show you yeah. that you have infinite value and worth to God. And sometimes that means setting aside or laying down my opinions, mm-hmm. my my preferences, Come on. and my religious jargon for a moment to just love you and know you as a person. Yeah. So, and you know, I think. The, com- the part of compassion that um, I know for a fact that some of my brothers and sisters who grew up in awesome homes um, that have like fam- healthy families, mm-hmm. one of the things they struggle with is not realizing the depths of brokenness that people enter into the enter into the world with. You know what I mean? And I'm reminded of this as a parent because as a parent, I'm going to be the, the first representation of God to my kids. Mm-hmm. And I don't take that as like megalomania and like, oh, I'm God to my kids. But I mean, when they image father 
Mm-hmm. They're imaging me, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, as my child. And so if you think about our society and how many fatherless people we have and how many people who come from broken homes and how a rampant um, uh, sexual abuse is and how rampant uh, child slavery and, and sex, la- like there's a lot of broken people that don't understand grace, that don't understand love. And so when we enter into a situation and we're we're met with distrust and we're met with um, this kind of bitterness, um, there's a tendency to be offended and to back away from people. There's a tendency to be like, oh, well, you know, they don't like me, whatever. Uh, and that may be true. Somebody may not like you. It's all right. But the truth is most people, um, they just don't understand that type of love. Mm-hmm. And as you're pursuing people, as you're not seeking to get anything from them, as you're not seeking to to desire you know, just like, I just want you at my church. I want you to show, because I want you to, to fill a seat. You know what I mean? The more people we get there, then mm-hmm. the better our church looks. Like, no, I, I want to know you as a person. I, I want to meet you where you are, not because I want anything from you, but because I want the world for you. I want mm-hmm. God to, to enter into your situation. And so if you can set aside your understanding of your worldview long enough to hear where somebody's coming from and to just, just, like you said, love them as a person, meet them, hear who they are, hear their story. Um, you start to see that the act of compassion, the act of, of kindness is revolutionary in their life. The act mm. of just seeking to be love in that moment um, for love's sake. You know what I mean? And I don't mean to say that love is God, but God is love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so t- for God's sake, because he values them, because he wants um, to know them and you want to be a part of that mission. Um, I think that also helps us when we enter into that space, seeing someone as someone worthy of eternal value. It takes away fear Mm. because the fear is of my own personal rejection or sometimes even my own personal harm. I mean, there's biases out there. You may drive, you may drive past somebody on the block smoking weed or something. And you're like, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want to say hi to them because they might be like, that's fear that you're motivated by instead of seeing them as like, you know what? That's somebody that's a child of God. And that's somebody who God loves. You know, the least I can do is look them eye to eye and say, hello, hey, good morning, good to see you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Something um, to just set aside my fear long enough, my fear of rejection, my fear of of um, entering into somebody else's mess. Yeah. And just be like, you know what, I, in this second. Oh, that was. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it just comes right back on all right yo that's crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. bro <laughs> listen yo i've never seen that happen before here's the thing god's gonna do something with this bro he's yeah. got to he's because that is we gotta finish that yeah we gotta hold on i'm gonna i want to share this real quick i mean yo, i'm just that, gonna videotape real quick that's crazy hey look i'm i'm here <laughs> you know it's, it's nick from the podcast Look, I'm on uh, I'm on my brother's podcast, and we were talking about Jesus and real kingdom stuff, and the enemy's been hard at work, bro. Like, he yeah, has been... crazy. Lights been going out, things disconnected. Power just went all out, like the whole building. Just out. It's not even storming outside. Like, there's nothing Yo. happening. We've had lights fall over. Like, I need y'all to know that when this comes out, um, I, I, God's got something for it, because this is crazy right now. Um, but hey, I hope you are being blessed out there. That Enjoy is- your day. Keep praying. Uh, more stuff coming from the podcast soon. Yo, that is is. Oh, let's uh. Yeah, we gotta finish that. I mean, <laughs> I mean we're far. In. I mean, we. How long have we been talking? Like thirty minutes? Forty minutes? No, nah, bro, we've been talking about it. 
we had we've had, let me um oh bro for real it's been like an hour yeah it's been a while it's been a there the um the recording's not cool I think it's still recording on it can you tell oh. me when the um those uh icons go away okay that is <laughs> I've n- <laughs> I've never that's gonna <laughs> yo it's epic that's crazy um, epic I'm honestly like all like all jokes aside like uh-huh. I've never seen like never um. Like literally, like usually, like when I, I've done a podcast, like there's been like one or two things, like yeah. in the beginning. This has been w- consistent. Man. That was like that went wrong. Like- All right, yo, we're back. <laughs> yeah, we just lost power. That was insanely crazy. This is nuts. Like nuts. Yeah, when I say like so much stuff has been going like berserk this morning. <laughs> like I, I don't even know if there's a a word to describe. Like lights flying. Like, well, even before Nick got here this morning, like, my camera was not working. I was having, like, it wouldn't turn on. Like, my camera was not turning on. Then I connected it, like, all the software, everything. Uh The computer's not reading the (laughs) camera. Like, I was, like, usually when when, when people for my podcast come, like, everything's set up, everything's in place. Yeah. Like, none of that. Not today. Not today. I was literally here, like, two hours before. Like, That's cause crazy. like I try to get I try to get in here to, to um, get myself ready yeah, to yeah. Well, to set up, but to pray like yeah. you know kind of like, 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 go over some like scriptures that I feel like are going to contribute to the conversation, even if I don't quote them directly. Um, spend time with the Lord, like, oh my word, <laughs> oh my word, and That's like nuts, man. And, uh, That's nuts. The actually I had some like random like spontaneous worship one. Did you really? Yeah. Um, I just like typed in like spontaneous worship, yeah, or, and I had it playing in here, and the guy was ministering about frustration. Come on, <laughs> come on! And I was nah, like casually man, listening crazy. to it, but he was like, he was like, like, uh, he he was saying somebody needs to hear this that you need to allow God to show up in the midst of your frustration. Bro, that was that was that was all that point. was God. That was that was point. Yeah, because that was like, Holy that, Spirit going before you, being like, "Listen, it's coming." Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. coming. It's coming. It's coming. But like, that's crazy. Um, yeah, no, I think so. Just I'm gonna take that because I think, I think that image of frustration, like, and going off what we were talking about about entering into relationship with people, um, part of the problem is is m- things aren't going to go the way we want them to go with people. Mm. You know what I mean? I want you to know Jesus. I want you to, and coming from like a pastoral point of view, it's like, listen, I want you to grow. I want you to connect. I want you to, you know, lead others. I, and bro, sometimes you pour into somebody or you open up that door and you're going to get hurt. Mm. Like sometimes you, you enter into a community and you want to be loving to someone and they take advantage or they like everything that you're doing is right yet they're they're not responding to the mm-hmm. grace of God and it's frustrating and it's and those of you who have children like grown children I've heard from my friends who have adult pa- or um, parents of adult kids they're like it's frustrating because as much as you want to do it with them and for them you have to let them do it on their own mm-hmm. and as you're loving people and as you're bringing people into relationship with Jesus and and introducing them to the love of God you may get rejected you may get uh, gossiped about. You may get talked about behind your back. You may get taken advantage of. You may, like, they may take that gift you gave them and go sell it. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But in those moments, you're responsible for how you respond, how you're obedient to God. 
not what they do with the gift, what they do with the time you give them. But if you feel led, like I'm supposed to love this person, um, it may be frustrating, bro. The The metaphoric camera may not work. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. the, the lights may fall in. Um, but in that moment, you have to be obedient. Like, okay, God, listen, I may never see the fruit of this. I may, they may never come to you, mm-hmm. but at least I know I was obedient in this moment. And I, I loved without um, regret and without regard for, for, you know, needing anything in return. I just, I entered into that um, in a way to show your love and grace to somebody, you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, I think that, that frustration, um, it's something that we have to learn how to give to God. Mm-hmm. We have to learn how to let him uh, be God because I'm a terrible God. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm an okay dude. I, I feel like I do the right thing most of the times. Like I, I think I'm a pretty solid dude, but I'm a terrible God. Like I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not sufficient. And so for me to be frustrated at um, ultimately God's plan um, is me putting myself in a place of, I know better or God, mm. what you're doing in Facts. this time, what I'm experiencing in this time isn't right. Mm-hmm. And y'all, I'm gonna say it, and I get in trouble sometimes when I preach for this. But I'm gonna say it like, when you do that, when you're when you're covetous of other people's situation, or when you're um, not satisfied in God, and you're you're saying like, well, God, uh, this is supposed to happen. They weren't supposed to do me that way. That sometimes that's an accusation against God's goodness. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're accusing God of being a bad God. Um, and we have to wrestle with that. The world is broken. People sin. People make bad mistakes. But God is good. Mm-hmm. And God is going to bring good. Uh, Romans 8.28 is one of my favorite um, verses that I, I just kind of lean on, that God works in all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so, like, as you give God that frustration, um, and wherever your th- theology lands, whether you're more on the Calvinist side, more on the Armenian side, like, wherever you land, um, we all can agree that, that God ultimately has the say so, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? However you feel he's inner. So ultimately, you know, God has a say so. So if you can trust that God is good, God is all powerful and God loves you, then in that frustration, you have to say, okay, God, I have to give this to you mm-hmm. because I know you're good and I know you're going to do something with it. Um, and, and that sometimes is, is even an act of sacrifice yeah. of not wanting to hold on to that and, mm-hmm. and, and trusting God with it. That's so good. I think even in that, like the thing that can can stop us from being obedient mm-hmm. to God, even in the midst of the frustration, is doubting His goodness, and yeah. and, and and trusting His goodness. Because yeah, it's like that that silly silly meme that you see where it's like the little kid holding on to to the teddy bear. Oh yeah, and yeah, then yeah, like yeah. God, it's like Jesus standing there, yeah, with like a much bigger one, yeah, but behind his back. And there is some truth. There is some truth to that. Yeah. Um, even <laughs> that, like God's plans, are are better for me hmm. than whatever I'm trying to cling to that's outside of His will. Come on, you know. And like that's that for thing, somebody, bro. that that's thing might feel good. It might make me. It might make me happy. Mm-hmm. But if it's not God, it's not good. Come on. And that's the thing. Is like God. Jesus calls us to carry our cross, yeah. right? I think, as you said earlier, it's like sometimes we get frustrated because, like, we just want people to 
to follow Jesus, but it's like we have to carry our our own cross. We have to lay our own lives down. Yeah. And I can't lay Nick's life down. Come on. I can't I can't carry yeah. Nick's cross for him. Yes. I have to lay down my life and I have to pick up my own cross. Yes. And carry it. Yeah. And sometimes that's the frustration. It's like, yo, like, yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love you as much as possible, but there's nothing that I can do in and of my own ability mm-hmm. to make you lay down your life and pick up that cross. Yeah. Like, you have to come to the realization that God is good mm-hmm. and He's worthy of me laying down my life. Yeah, and and carrying that cross. Yeah, like I'm reading the book right now with um the youth at my church, um by David Platt. Uh, called Radical. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, the first chapter is, what is Jesus worth to you? Come on. And, bro, when I say that, like, I'm sitting here, and I'm reading, like, right here on this couch behind Mm us, and I'm reading it with one of the youth in my church, and I'm, like, struggling to get through the first chapter without (sighs) crying. Yeah. As he's he's talking about people who've gone to extreme lengths to lay their life down to pick up their cross mm-hmm. and to share the gospel yeah and how jesus often shares things that are hard to accept mm-hmm. right whether yeah. he says eat my blood drink my flesh and people right? are like oh this man is crazy <laughs> this is wild you know yeah. um where he said where somebody says well jesus well first let me go and bury my father and then i'll follow you and jesus says let the dead bury the dead yeah and he's like what? Like what? Jesus is enamored. I mean, not Jesus. These people are enamored by the things that Jesus says. Mm-hmm. And, but the the reality is, is like following Jesus will cost you something. Yeah. And I think in accepting whatever it is, whatever that cost is, like mm-hmm. salvation is free, mm-hmm. but following Jesus is costly. Yeah. And that's a good way to put it. I think in accepting whatever that cost is for us to follow Jesus is the very thing that will help us live in in compassion. Yeah. You know, by making that sacrifice, whether it is for the rich young ruler to go and sell all your possessions and and follow me, Mm -hmm. whether it is for that person, well, let let the dead bury the dead. It's going to cost you something. And right now, like you might be on the verge of like, hey, I want to follow Jesus, but I'm just not sure. Or I want to follow Jesus, but I still have this thing that I want to get right. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know because, like, none of my friends follow Jesus. Like, following Jesus will cost you something. And I promise you, the thing that it costs you might be the very thing that Jesus uses in your life to have compassion on other people. Mm, Yeah, that's so good, bro. I think um, adding just adding a layer to that. Um, as as you're you're going through your struggle and your sacrifice and you're laying down your cross, or sorry, picking up your cross, laying down your life, um, as life hits you and you're you're working through that obedience, part of of being generous and it doesn't it's gonna sound weird at first, but I'll explain it. Being generous with your with your struggle. So what I mean by that is is you have to allow other people. You have to be open in community enough that people can see your struggle. Mm. They can see you trusting in God through it. They can see you um, navigating the pain of disappointment, the pain of frustration, because it's in those moments that these younger believers who are looking to you say like, oh, it's possible. God does hold people together. And when God brings into fruition whatever he's doing, whatever God does in your life, um, 
you know, once you get that thing you've been praying for, that promotion, that job, that healing, or you've gone through the, the death, divorce, whatever, once you get to the other side where you, there's healing and wholeness and you're sharing with people like, hey, God did this amazing thing. If people didn't see that journey, then it's going to seem like cheap grace to them. They're not mm-hmm. going to understand how good God really is. And so you have to be generous enough um, and sacrificial enough with your wounds to open yourself up to be like, no, I'm not, I'm not okay right now, Yeah, yeah. but I trust that God's going to carry me through this. Yeah. And, and that's how those people who are like, man, I don't know. I, I want to follow Jesus, but I need to get this money. <laughs> um, but then they see somebody who's like, listen, I'm broke, but I trust God because I know he's good. Yeah. When they see that you make it and that your family's okay and you've eaten and you're doing like what you're supposed to do, they're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I can trust God with my finances. Yeah. I can trust God to, to lead me where I need to go. I can trust God um, because we live as that example of how Christ works in our in our own lives mm-hmm. as an example to them how God's going to work in their life. Yeah. And so, yeah. I like that you said being generous with your testimony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the, and the word, word of, of our testimony. testimony. That's right. And I often think that as Christians, we think our testimony was then, mm-hmm. like before Christ. But yeah. our testimony is now. That's right. Of how God is still continually being good and faithful to us each and every day because yeah. we don't just somehow arrive and become perfect people where we no longer do any wrong mm-hmm. or we no longer sin or yeah. we no longer struggle. Like Jesus is very real. Like in this life, as you said earlier, John ten thirty one, you will have trials. That's right. But have take heart have joy for i have overcome the world that's right you know what yeah, i mean that's good. and like in telling people like, look i follow jesus but i still struggle like i follow jesus but i'm i'm not perfect i follow jesus but like yo this is a real issue in my life this is something yeah. that i'm wrestling with that god is being faithful to me like you will encourage your brothers like even mm-hmm. as um i think in um it's luke and uh uh, Jesus says this to Peter. He says, Peter, I've prayed for you uh, yeah. because the enemies tried to sift you. That's and right. Like, but I forget. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. He said, but when you when you come back, when you repent, mm-hmm. um, go encourage your brother. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Go and, court, yeah. We forget that, bro. Like, that's not. He's like, yo, I know you're going to fall. I know you're going to mess yeah. up. But like when you come back, Peter. Go encourage your brothers. Yes. And then we see 40 days later <laughs> after Jesus has ascended and, and Pentecost happened, Peter preaches and 2,000 people give their life to Jesus. Yes. Right? Yes. But, you know, what if Jesus, what if Peter would have had just lived and um, never overcame the fact that he betrayed Jesus? Mm-hmm. You know, what if he would have never got to the point where he was able to encourage his brothers again because of shame guilt condemnation i think oftentimes the only way to overcome that shame guilt and condemnation is to continually testify of god's goodness and faithfulness in in your life despite those shortcomings and failures that's right you know what i mean you're preaching right now so that you know there'd be a moment and you may never preach to two thousand people you may, may never have a moment like that but there is somebody who can look at your story mm-hmm and and see similarities connect with your humanity mm-hmm. and see how god was still good and gracious and loving to you despite your flaws and your failures yeah i think that is that's huge i think that's a huge message and and just to encourage anybody listening um the fear that you have that somebody's going to judge you for your testimony the fear that you have that um you're not enough or your testimony isn't enough um that's only from the enemy that's not from god and like your 
your story, whatever God has done in your life, whether it's delivered you from the pits of, you know, addiction and brokenness or whether it's uh, a secret um, pornography habit that you have and God's or, or anger that God's delivered you from something that you see as well, that wasn't that big a deal. It's just no, that that's God's grace in your life. And, and you sharing that with somebody, yeah. you being open with the believers and saying, no, this is what God did. Um, that's going to bring freedom in somebody else's life. That's going to bring wholeness in somebody else's life. And I, so I remember I was sitting there. This is, I have a bunch of stories and a lot of times I'll be telling a story and I'm like, do all I have is sad stories, bro. Like <laughs> I got a bunch of, but to me it's like the grace of God. So, um, one of the stories that I share because it's so powerful in my life and it was a key moment in my life was 2018 um, my brother was murdered and um, we were preparing to head to his funeral Uh, it was a three-hour drive because we lived way out in the boonies and we had the funeral in the city and so it was a three-hour drive Mm. that morning we woke up to get ready to go to the funeral and um, we had just got a puppy Um, the puppy was struggling to breathe and it was we were like what happened to the puppy it was like like six weeks old as a baby, baby, baby puppy. And um, so my sister-in-law, uh, who I stole her cup from, her, shout out, uh, <laughs> she was like, I'll run the puppy to the vet because I know y'all are trying to leave and I don't want to, you know, I want you to be able to focus on that. So she's getting her shoes on and I'm holding this puppy and I'm petting it. I'm rubbing the puppy, trying to keep it, you know, stimulated and like focused. And in that moment, I was so like, like it just called out to the God. I said, God, like, this doesn't make sense to me. Like, Why? wouldn't it make more sense for me to pray, lay hands on this puppy and it pop up? Like, isn't that a better story, God? Like, isn't it a better story? And I just went back, like, if my brother would have made it, like, and not died in that uh, shooting, like, wouldn't that have been a better story? And, like, then he could have given his life to you and, and led people to Jesus. Like, isn't that a better story? Like, what is going on? And um, I remember the question I asked, I said, God, how does this show your glory? Like, mm-hmm. I really want to know, God, how does this show your glory? And, um, I didn't hear him audibly, but I felt in my spirit, just like you talking to me here. You know what I mean? I felt it so present. And he said, um, my glory is shown in your response. Mm. And bro, I, I, and just to be real, real y'all, I said, well, then I don't want to respond. I don't want to show your glory. (laughs) (laughs) Ask somebody else to show it. Cause I'm, I'm done responding to tragedy. Like I don't want to do that. Um, so fast forward, we went through all that, went through a lot of nonsense, um, in a ministry we're a part of a lot of stuff happened that year. Um, fast forward about a year and a half later, a friend of mine in the same community, his, his father was passing away from emphysema and I'm ministering to the family and I'm over at his house and we're just talking and, um, he looks at me, bro. And he goes, he goes, he goes, pastor, I know I can get through this. I was like, that's right. That's the Lord. Like he's, he's going to carry you through. He's got you. He goes, no, I know because I saw how you got through your stuff. And I was like, Oh, Oh, Jesus. No. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. Like I was just like, yeah, yeah. in that moment, it was such, it was, it was a year and a half later. I'm just trying to be obedient in the day to day, but people were watching. And because I held on to God and because God was what carried us through that as a family, like God was able to carry another family through mm. a whole different type of tragedy. But it was because, um, I was generous with my, my testimony. I was open and again, not trying to big up myself or anything and be like, oh, look at me. You know, I'm not Paul. Don't follow me as I follow Jesus. Let's just follow Jesus. But um, in the same manner, being open with that and generous with our 
because it's a sacrifice to let people into those intimate moments of your life, those private, painful moments. It's sacrificial mm-hmm. to say, you know, hey, I'm struggling, you know, bro, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. Um, I have to sacrifice my pride in that moment. I have to sacrifice my um, my feeling of self-importance or whatever I built myself up as. I need to lay that down in order to open up and say, hey, actually, this is this is my mess and I need a brother in Christ to pray with me. Mm-hmm. But through that, God has so much glory that he manifests through the healing and through the the oneness of the body. And so, yeah, that being being generous with your sacrifice, being generous with your struggle, with your testimony and sacrificing your comfort in order to let people into that. So necessary. Yeah. So necessary. Yeah. Bro, I was just sharing. I just felt felt the spirit of Rocky. Yeah. It's not it's not about how hard you can get. <laughs> How hard you get hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep on and keep going. Keep on going. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Get your little Stallone I, on. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's dope. But honestly, um, I think there's so much truth to that. Like I don't like yeah. I'm not, I don't believe that God only takes us through stuff so that he can use it so that he yeah. can use it. But if he's got you through it, he will use it. That's right. That's right. And um like I don't not I do not believe that the sole purpose for us going through hardship is just so that oh God can can use the pain. But I think if he gets us through it, that's part of the all things. That's right. God using the all things Come to on. work together for his good and his glory. 100%. Um, and I think that's the amazing part of the testimony. Um, the last thing I want to do before we kind of uh, wrap up here yeah, yeah. is uh, kind of just go like just read Philippians 2. I know like this is um, like one of the things we talked about yes. um, is is uh, being like sacrifice leading to compassion Mm -hmm. and um like i see i just see that echoed all throughout um philippians 2 i'm going to be reading from the esv feel free to read from whatever version um you prefer so if there is any encouragement in christ any comfort from love any participation in the spirit any affection any sympathy complete my joy by being of the same mind Having the same love, being in full accord of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or Mm. conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. That's it right there. Count others as more significant than yourselves. I think that's part, as we talked about, of looking at the infinite value and worth in people, Mm -hmm. soul. Yeah. Um, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also the interest of others. Come on. Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ. So, like, yeah. I think that's powerful. It's like like this mind, this others-focused mind, where we, we become people of compassion and sacrificial obedience mm-hmm. is, is, only, is, is something that we receive as, as being believers in yeah. Christ. It's, it's a work. Of the spirit. Yeah, that's good. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bro, like, that's... Yeah. Yeah, I... Honestly, this this whole, like... And even, like, going back, like, Philippians 1, where Paul talks about, like, how I want to be in heaven, but it's better for me to be here. Mm-hmm. Like... He's saying, like, I'm torn between the two. It would be great to just be with Jesus. Yeah. But for him, he's like, I need to be here because it's better for the body. Yeah. I'm thinking of others' needs. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and then as he goes into Philippians 2 here, he, he, you know, he's pouring out the truth that, 
as little followers of the way, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what they were at this point, followers of the way. Um, the way was Christ. Like, how did he live? How did he, mm-hmm. how did, though he is God, how did he show us how to live as man, you mm-hmm. know, as humans? And, and that's so powerful to say, yeah. um, and countercultural. Even back then, that's countercultural. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And, like, I think that's the, uh, the, just a beautiful picture of humility mm-hmm. as like some like as just being so like he's god he's the god of the universe he's so divine so so powerful so all-knowing like he could have fixed things with a snap of his finger yeah just by by speaking a word yet he humbled himself to be he who knew no sin be, became be, sin became sin for us right yeah um and and took on the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even yeah. death on a cross. That's so good. And like that's just like the question I asked at the beginning is like, when is the last time that love cost you something? Yeah. That that being obedient to God has has cost you something. As we see, like Jesus was obedient to the point where it cost him his life. Mm-hmm. And therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, under the earth, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to glory of the Father. That's it. Amen. That's good, bro. bro. That's that's so encouraging. I hope that encourages everybody, everybody watching. Yeah. Bro, thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, inviting me and and um, being willing to let let the Lord lead this conversation. Um, I, I greatly respect what you're doing on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I think your heart is is where it needs to be. I think God's using your ministry here. And um, all of y'all who are just, maybe this is the first video you've ever seen, go watch other ones. Um, all good content, all things that are meant to build up the body of Christ and to encourage people. So please, please support my brother. Please support the podcast, the videos, all of it. You know what I mean? Go ahead and make that happen. Uh, and if you got some spare time, check me out on Nick Smith Podcast. But, uh, um, but for real, I, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate yeah. this time. I appreciate you too. Thank you. Thank you. All right. As I always say, remember, it's not over and God is not done with you. Peace. Be blessed.